0: Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors' macabre manor, mead, middle, of mayhem. I'm James, introducing it, finally, again.
1: <laughs> I'm Jody, who was not expecting James to just start talking.
0: <laughs> Nobody expects, wait, no, everybody <laughs> expects James to just start talking. Ah, <laughs>
1: uh, yes.
0: But to quote eddie Murphy nobody knows what the hell james is talking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> who cares we're getting paid no wait. We? no we're not <laughs> uh so uh are you uh you drinking anything this episode I, I
0: am uh it's it's fairly low you know alcohol it's a four point six uh coca uh co- coca
1: co- <laughs> coca cabana no wait that was uh <laughs>
0: Listen, listen, Barry. <laughs> what, Hofstetter? No, not that, Barry. <laughs> uh, a, a cocoa milk stout from Centerpoint Brewing that I Ooh, picked up that... a little crawler of uh, Donuts
1: and Dragons. That sounds good.
0: It, Donuts it, and Dragons
1: it... sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am, for the first time in a month and a half, Woo! <laughs> Because I'm I'm off of my medicine now. Yes, um, um, I am. I am having a Warsteiner Dunkel. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Those are good. Yes, they are. For listeners who don't know, I've been on blood pressure blood pressure medication, um, and uh, we decided yesterday, after talking to the nurse practitioner and showing her my. Blood pressure readings that I do twice a day, and um, her going, Yeah, these are these are kind of low, you need to just come off of that. <laughs> okay, thank you. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, today's the first beer I've had since uh, uh well, since for, for a month and a half. <laughs> cool. So, and so are, are you uh, you ready to do this this episode?
0: I, I am. I actually have done a little bit of research. My notes for this part of this person's life are very minimal, but okay. but I, I have done a little bit of background and I figured, oh, I'm going to do the Jody thing and just jump in and ask you questions and see if you can answer it. <laughs>
1: that works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm going to be a bit of a teaser <laughs> about this and not say what it is at first. So imagine, if you will, the year. Is 1986. A 13 year old Jody is living in US military housing in the West German village of Dorfgull with his mother, stepfather, and stepbrother. Now, gotta remember, this was the 80s, it was the Cold War. Germany was still separated into East and West. uh, East Germany was, was communist, socialist, whatever. West Germany was democratic, capitalist, you know, all that. His stepfather is the lieutenant colonel in charge of the dental clinic at the nearby U.S. Army installation at Kirschgoins, commonly referred to by its initials KG, or its nickname, The Rock. Uh, They had a lot of, if I remember right, they had a lot of armor there, so tanks and stuff like that. Um, That installation is no longer there. It's now like a warehouse or factory facility. I mean, it's, they, they completely cleaned out all the U.S. military buildings. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> um, I, I've looked it up on Google Earth and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was really cool was right across the road from the main entrance to the, the, the installation there at Kirsch was the record store that I used to love to go into. And that's where I bought a lot of my Iron Maiden vinyl. When I was in Germany.
0: Oh, nice! Is this the one that you were talking about during the Halloween episode?
1: Yes, yeah. Because I I would see the the Halloween albums in there and think, man, that looks really cool. And I just I was so focused on getting the Maiden stuff, I wasn't buying Halloween or any of the other bands. That I'm kind of like, man, I wish I'd bought that one back then. But you know, I I was I was collecting Iron Maiden. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, nearby are the towns of Bootsbach home to a large US military housing area and the movie theater where Jody watched the heavy metal horror movie, Trick or Treat.
0: (laughs) That we've discussed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Featured in one of our early Halloween episodes. Um, And Geason, which was the largest installation in the area. Um, And the the location of the Department of Defense Dependents, middle and high schools. So that's where all the American kids went to school. Um, And that is where Jody will spend his eighth grade year. It is in the PX at Giessen that Jody will buy a cassette tape, a compilation album released by Columbia Records titled Metal Mania. Alas, the album is not in fact metal. <laughs> While it does contain the Judas Priest anthem, You've Got Another Thing Coming, the rest of the album is either hard rock, featuring songs by Fastway, Check out our aforementioned trick-or-treat episode.
0: (laughs) Trick-or-treat, yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Aerosmith, uh, Australian band Heaven, and uh, Blue Oyster Cult, uh, as well as mainstream rock acts like uh, Mountain, Frank Marino, uh, who was the leader of the band Mahogany Rush, who then went solo, uh, Canadian rock band Loverboy, and Michael Bolton. Yes, that Michael Bolton, uh, before he became an R&B artist.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, he was in a metal band-ish. Uh,
1: yeah, hard rock metal band with Bruce Kulik, who was later in KISS, and who also had been with his brother Bob in, uh, oh crap, what was the name, uh, Meatloaf's backing band, the Neverland Express. That was the band that Meatloaf toured Special. with. Yeah, it's not the band that he recorded with because that was usually studio musicians, but it was Meatloaf's touring band, the Neverland Express. And if you if you go back and find the Saturday Night Live episode from as was this, 1978 or whatever, whenever Bad Out of Hell came out, the Neverland Express is meatloaf's backing band on, on the episode where meatloaf was the musical guest so bob and bruce kulik are in the background
0: <laughs> nice
1: um lastly uh not the last song but <laughs> lastly because i wanted to get to this last there was a track called shake the devil by some guy named tommy Bolin. <laughs> some guy <laughs> some guy just this, just this guy you know yeah um jody was still learning about metal So he was not an expert, but he knew this song was definitely not metal. (laughs) There was a freaking saxophone on it. That's not metal. (laughs) Jody hated this song and despised Tommy Bolin. Thomas Richard Bolin was born in Sioux City, Iowa on August 1st,
0: 1951. Oh, so is this our topic today? Yep. Okay, then. (laughs) I thought it was going to be about jazz saxophone. (laughs)
1: Nope. (laughs) Uh, He was born to Richard and Barbara Bolin. The family name was originally the Swedish name Ericsson, as uh, Richard Bolin's parents were from there. But uh, there were already a lot of Ericsson's where they settled, so his father changed it to the German name Bolin. Uh, Barbara's family had immigrated from either Syria or Lebanon. I've seen both. Tommy's brother Johnny said Syria, but the Wikipedia article on Tommy Boland says they were from Firzal, I, I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that right, Firzal, Lebanon, um, and that her father, Abraham or, or Abe Joseph, was a recording musician there.
0: Ah, that would make some sense knowing how much he was on board with Tommy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Later on. Yeah. Um, although uh, neither of Tommy's parents were musicians. <laughs> um, his younger brother Johnny, who I just mentioned, and Rick, uh, also known as Pudge, uh, they, they also became musicians. Uh, Johnny became a drummer, and uh, Pudge would become a uh, guitarist and singer as well. Uh, there was another brother named Bobby who died at birth. So,
0: Matt, well, bummer. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say about that. Just yeah,
1: left. yeah. Um, Tommy Boland became a fan of Elvis when he saw him on the TV show Caravan of Stars. And immediately he knew he wanted to be a musician. Um, Damn even, it. Yeah, even I, though. I, it, I literally it, have two
0: lines of notes. That's uh-huh. one of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh huh. What's your other one? He, he actually he played
0: drums and piano well before he started playing guitar.
1: He did, yes. Um, I actually I think I do have that yeah um actually yes uh, I, uh, I okay yeah that was one of my next okay there it is <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds familiar <laughs>
1: yeah um so so even though neither of the parents were musicians um outside of their dad playing a harmonica uh they, they did encourage all three of the boys to follow that path when they expressed an interest and like james said tommy started on the drums then switched to guitar johnny his younger brother started on guitar, then switched to drums. Sounds a little familiar, like a couple of other famous brothers.
0: What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Edwin Luke Alex Van Vooland. <laughs> yeah, them. Boing <laughs> <no, that's>,
1: <laughs> de the, That's not the, that's the Swedish chef, not the oh, Danish chef.
0: Sorry, not the <laughs> Dutch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Not Danish, Dutch.
0: Um, <laughs> Sorry, we're from America. Is there a difference? Uh, yes, 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 assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you Americans.
1: <laughs> so uh, by the time Tommy Brolin was 13 uh, in 1965, he had already joined a couple of local bands. Uh, the first was the uh, Miser Lose, named after the Dick Dale song, but which I think we've talked about in a previous episode, have we not?
0: Uh, I don't know. That one doesn't sound as familiar.
1: Um, I, I know we were going to talk about it in the original version of what the podcast was supposed to be. Oh, uh, uh, that could be it. Then. So that that may be why I'm thinking that we had talked about it. But uh, it, it was a surf rock, sur- surf rock song. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That sounds familiar now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, which surf rock? was a big influence on metal especially the subgenre of thrash metal because there was a lot of fast picking style up and down you know where they they did it on both the up and down stroke uh, hit the string and that influenced the the faster playing that would come later with thrash
0: yeah so just going
1: yeah So uh, after that, he was in a band called Denny and the Triumphs, which later became a band called A Patch of Blue, named after a Sidney Poitier film.
0: Ah, nice. Never
1: seen it, but Sidney Poitier is a kick-ass actor. Yeah. uh, What was? Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember if he was still alive or not. But anyway, uh, they played a variety of styles, uh, R&B, pop, jazz, rock, and blues. He is, by the way. Okay. I, th- I was thinking he was. I hadn't, I couldn't remember. I thought the he he passed
0: away. Nope. Died. He's 94.
1: Oh, okay. There you go. Sorry. Uh, so the bass player with Apache patch of blue, he, uh, he at uh, one point when talking about Tommy said that uh, uh, his, his name's George uh, Larvik. Uh, he said, Tommy liked to play stuff with a non-standard beat. Okay. Which will make sense as we go along. Yes. Um,
0: yes, it will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, And uh, from that time period, Tommy kind of named Django Reinhardt, um, who, if we have not talked about, we yet we will in future episodes because he's had a big influence on a lot of uh, guitarists that we're going to talk about, Um, and Carl Perkins. Oh, yeah, sweet. Um, Said that they were his two main influences at that time, Uh, but, but he also said he was influenced by just about everything he heard. (laughs) And if you've if you've ever listened to Tommy Bolin, you will know that that is accurate because I have. We'll get into this, but Tommy played a variety of styles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. and And with a variety of musicians with those different styles.
1: Yes. And he, you know, maybe wasn't the best at every style, but he played them all very well.
0: And he was able to sort of maneuver he could play one style within another genre yes. and make it fit really well.
1: Yeah. A Patch of Blue grew a large following in Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, so much so that local promoters would have them open up for acts like the Beach Boys and Herman's Hermits. Uh, but mostly they were just kind of playing teen dances and, and uh, stuff like that. While he was with A Patch of Blue, he... Tommy Bullen goes on, gets involved with a band from South Dakota named Chateau. And these guys, you know, I mean, Tommy's 13, 14 years old at this time. So all the guys in a patch of blue were, you know, around that same age, maybe 15, whatever. Um, the guys in Chateau were all older. They were and they were playing colleges. So Tommy starts to expand, goes out. He's, he's playing with older people. He's playing to an older audience. And at 15, he winds up quitting school. Uh, have you heard this story before?
0: Uh, well, I've heard a, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'll hear it the same way you're going to tell it. But, yeah, actually, I actually listened to a, a podcast when I knew oh, okay. you wanted to do, talk about Tommy. And they, they mentioned it, but I, I wouldn't be able to relate it at all. So
1: Okay. Um, well, at, at 15, Tommy quit school. Uh, the school apparently had a rule that boys had to have their hair cut above their shirt collar. Uh, Which I'm guessing is a button-up shirt, you know, with a starched collar that sticks up. The kind of shirt that I can't wear without feeling like I'm being choked.
0: Which is okay sometimes, but not by a shirt.
1: Right. Um, So after doing that to comply, the school then said he had to have his hair cut above his ears. And uh, according to his mother, that was not actually a rule. So it seems like they're kind of, you know, Being being fuckers, trying to make an example of Tommy. And, uh, so Tommy's response was never, if you can't accept me, I can't accept you. And his parents backed him on this.
0: That's yeah. The parents backing him was a uh, uh,
1: pretty cool. Yeah. I, I thought so. And, you know, some of, some of the, the people that Tommy knew having played around, you know, Sioux city, Iowa and up into South Dakota and stuff like that. Um, some of these guys had, as they got older, they moved to Colorado, specifically Denver. And since he was basically being kicked out of school, he decided he's going to go to Denver with all these other musicians and try his luck there to, you know, pursue. Um, I, I, I typed peruse. How did I try peruse? Pursue his career. <laughs> it's the, it's the, What, you transpose two letters? <laughs> yeah. Um, so even though he's only 15, again, his parents are like, okay, <laughs> well. His his mom wasn't so much okay with it at first. Um, She actually, uh, being Catholic, asked some nuns to pray for him to stay in Sioux City, Iowa. Um, And instead, what the nuns said they would do is pray that it would be the right move. (laughs) (laughs) And that it would go well for him. So his mom was like, okay, and she, you know, agreed that he could go. Uh, <laughs> it's tough for moms
0: to give up any kid, let alone at 15.
1: Uh, yeah. Now, you, now, remember, this is, uh, let's see, he was born in 51. So this is like 1966. So, <laughs> so he hitchhikes to Denver.
0: Uh, <laughs> so I have a question for you, and, and you can leave the center out, whatever you need to do. Okay. Where does the story of him finding the band when they're on the bus and saying, hey, I want to be in your band? And they look at this little kid. Um, I don't is, know. Is that this band?
1: Because that sounds Uh,
0: like that was about the time he quit school.
1: Well, there's, there's, I didn't see anything about a bus, but I've got a story that's kind of like that.
0: Okay, so probably the okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, So anyway, yeah, like I said, he hitchhikes to Denver, and shortly after he gets to Denver, um, he meets a guy named Jeff Cook, um, who would go on to become a songwriting partner. And this is, and it, this may be the story that you were thinking of, but like I said, I, this was not, um, he didn't say anything about this being a bus.
0: Yeah, I could be misremembering that part, but Jeff Cook actually sounds oh, right. So I okay.
1: It well, now I see, I think I know why you may be thinking bus. So this is what Jeff Cook says I first met Tommy when I had a band called Crosstown Bus. Ah, that's there we, it. There we go. <laughs> And we were rehearsing, yeah, um, and we were rehearsing in the basement of a dress shop in downtown Denver. We were playing away, and we kept hearing this rattling upstairs. We went upstairs, and standing at the door was this kid. There was a blinding snowstorm. It was the dead of winter, and there was a kid with a guitar in his hand. He said, hey, man, can I jam with you? I heard the music. We wanted to blow him off because he was a couple of years younger than we were, but he was so persistent. We let him come in, set up and play. Needless to say, we fired our guitarist the next day and Tommy joined our band right there. That was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he moves to Denver, uh, joins this band, Crosstown Bus, uh, meets Jeff Cook. He also meets this guy named Jeff Tesser, uh, who would also go on to become a songwriting partner. And after... Tommy kind of becomes part of the scene in Denver uh Tesser moves away to Boulder so so Tommy starts to go to Boulder to hang out there and starts jamming with people in Boulder and becomes part of the scene there too um and he just at this point you know like said 15 going on 16 years old he's making a name for himself all over Colorado
0: and I know those two cities aren't too far apart but I can't imagine it would be super easy for kid that age to get back and forth at that like in the
1: 60s right um well i mean and they said aspen was another place that he kept going to
0: and that's a little further away
1: yeah i i mean and and you know and here's the thing all right so here's here's the next step he as he meets more people and starts to make more connections he gets invited to cincinnati ohio to play with a band called the ginger people and they were backing up blues guitarist lonnie mack while lonnie was have you know doing some shows there in cincinnati so he goes to cincinnati joins the ginger people Uh, they back up lonnie mack they start you know that they they play all over the region louisville kentucky up into michigan um i imagine probably indiana and over into chicago in illinois and and you know places like that this band the ginger people though they rehearsed in a basement uh in in the basement of their drummer's parents house and uh i'm not sure the details but i think it was a car wreck or something their drummer died and to give the parents a little bit of time to grieve they stayed away from the house for about a week or so and uh when they went back to get their instruments all the all the the drummer's parents had sold all their stuff
0: oh shit
1: <laughs> yep uh so tommy decides he's going to hitchhike back to the sioux city iowa
0: <laughs> jesus
1: <laughs> he gets as far as junction city kansas where he is arrested they will not let him make a phone call uh, so he can't call his parents the judge orders him to 30 days in jail and I guess some of the cops there decided, or you know, so some of the jail staff decided, you know, here's this kid, he's like 16. He really doesn't belong in jail. Maybe we should let him out early. So then they let him call his parents, who uh, they send him a, a, a bus ticket. And so the judge somehow finds out about this and he says, no, nope, he's got to get his hair cut first. Um, and, and this, I was a little fuzzy on this. I, could, I didn't quite understand if it was, if he gets his haircut first, he can go early. Or if he doesn't get his haircut, he either has to fulfill the 30 days or I'm going to tack 30 days onto it. I wasn't sure on that, if it was either the full 30 or an extra 30. Um, so he got his haircut. You know, the, the school couldn't make him do it, but the judge could.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it's a condition of release, uh, or he could yeah. have stayed in jail for the 30 days. Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, I I mean, he he, uh, he, he, said, I just had my hair permed, and they cut it, so I looked like a poodle, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they burned all his clothes. And and I'm, I'm guessing that, because they didn't really say what they arrested him on, but I'm guessing it was you know, vagrancy or something like that.
0: No, back in the day, yeah, vagrancy, yeah. if you didn't have a job.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, enough. this is... Yeah you know, this is around 66, 67, you know, so uh, the hippie movement's just really getting started. Yeah. Getting tired of all these hippies and beatniks. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, you know, he, he gets his haircut. They uh, let him get on the bus to go back to Sioux city uh, to stay with his family. Um, And he's there for two weeks and then he hitchhikes to Boulder, Colorado again. Sounds right. Mm -hmm. After returning to Colorado, he, uh, he meets this girl named Karen Ulibari. Um he was 17 at this time, so let's see, so I'd put it around 68, right, uh, she's 18, uh, she's a clothing designer, her and her, let's see, I think her dad owned a clothes, a clothes shop or something, and um, so anyway, he meets Karen. They, they start dating, uh, much to her father's consternation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she starts designing clothes for him. And if you've ever seen pictures of Tommy, uh, you know, throughout, the, uh, throughout his professional career, he was pretty stylish for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's also around this time, um, he starts putting uh, different color streaks in his hair. And uh, nobody's sure where he actually got that, um, but his friend, Jeff Cook, um, had actually gone to London for a while and came back and he was starting to do that. And uh, I, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't too long after that that Tommy started doing the streaks, too. So. And that kind of became a thing, not a big thing, but that kind of became a thing in the 70s. You'd see guys do that. Um, I think Joe Perry from Aerosmith did it. I know Paul Stanley did it for a bit. So yeah, that was just the thing. Yeah, that was just the thing. And I'm not sure that this is gonna be a short episode because it's actually where I was gonna stop. <laughs> well, wow. all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Next so, episode we'll we'll get into okay. his, his actual first recording band. So
0: So are you gonna are you gonna tell everybody how this is gonna fit in with past episodes or are they gonna have to suffer?
1: Um yeah, they'll have to suffer. Well they'll suffer suffer so um past episodes on other bands we've talked about or past episodes where we've had an inside joke going well both (laughs) i'll do the inside joke one okay so um i you know we've we've, there's this inside joke where i've uh (laughs) i've been introduced as dave a few times
0: (laughs) you just just a few
1: (laughs) just a few um okay so the Dave was my nickname in high school, and, I, and, and sometimes James will still call me that. Our friend Rob almost always calls me that. Um, and I, there's a, probably a couple other people that I don't see on a very, very regular basis, but they also probably will still call me that when I see them. Um, so the name Dave comes from uh, the, the first guitar that I got. Uh, my dad bought for me when I was around 12, and it was used. And uh, the the guy who had owned it, I mean, he'd had this thing for years. Um, He had uh, used these big block letter stickers to put uh, the name, his his name on the guitar. So there's, (laughs) this says Dave (laughs) (laughs) on the guitar. And um, so it's just, you know, friends saw it and they started calling me that. So that kind of became my nickname in high school. And uh, as as much as I hated Tommy Bolin <laughs> when when I first discovered him, I, I eventually became a fan. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this episode.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, pretty avid fan of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, not not the most diehard fan, but I I really came over um, and, and you know came to understand how much of a brilliant guitarist this guy was. Um, And, you know, James and I have talked about having our high school band and stuff like that. I had kind of taken Bolin to be part of my stage name. So it would have been Dave Bolin, you know, had we gone on to become big rock stars.
0: (laughs) What do you mean if? Oh, never
1: mind. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's 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 where the Dave thing keeps coming in. And and it, it would have been. Yeah. But that's uh, that's all I got on Tommy Bolin for right now. I mean, there's there's more. I just don't have those notes typed up. <laughs>
0: cool. In that case, I won't say what kind of notes I have typed up because okay. that would be the other teaser to past episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I couldn't I couldn't resist that.
0: Yeah, that was good. That was <laughs> <just so> funny. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs>
1: and if you don't already know what that references we'll get to that in a future episode yes we will yeah
0: hey, i do have one question okay. you said um, one of the bands he was in in the ohio area were the ginger people yeah all right is that any relation to the flower people that spinal tap would listen to <laughs>
1: um i'm gonna say probably not but you never know
0: okay just curious because you Could've
1: know been. Could have been.
0: Shh, listen, to what the ginger people say.
1: Well, you know, there's another connection there.
0: There, there might be.
1: There is. Well,
0: oh, I didn't know if you wanted.
1: <laughs> there, there is another connection between the ginger people and Spinal Tap.
0: Do you want to give it now? Yeah. Because I don't know it.
1: <laughs> think think I don't about think. it. Think about it. What happened? What happened with the ginger people?
0: Oh, <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second to remember. Wait, was that? Oh, that was the drummer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did the ginger people's drummer explode? Perhaps on stage or no? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I, right. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a car wreck. But you never know. It could have been a bizarre gardening accident or he could have uh, choked on somebody else's vomit. And somebody,
0: not, not his own. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and if you don't know those references what's wrong with you go watch this is final tap <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's brilliant
1: it is uh, but yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's all we got on Tommy Bolin right now um, we'll have more coming up
0: cool so just like bands around Colorado share Tommy Bolin so should people share our podcast with people
1: <laughs> yes
0: Kind <laughs> to figure out how to work that in there <laughs> So get off your ass Ben. <laughs> and rolling boulder gathers no moss. If you, I, I don't know. I thought that joke might've been a tin ver.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to let you keep doing the puns. Cause that way I can blame them on you.
0: Oh, hi. Oh, <laughs> moving to another stop. i'm good i'm done uh,
1: okay
0: hey. <laughs> sorry wait i got a couple more you know Do you know why they call it ohio
1: uh yes but go ahead
0: because it's round in the middle and a high on both ends Ohio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you elmer
0: hey elmer how do you make your antifreeze hide or nightgown <laughs>
1: On that note, <laughs> I'm James. I'm Jody. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye.
0: The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Here we go. All right.
1: Yay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, the dog, dog had me all confiscated.
1: Dogs do that. That's why they're such good boys. They do.
0: They are good boys. Good boys and good girls. So are yeah. well, most cats. Some cats are just assholes. <laughs> That's true. Whereas no dog is an asshole unless the owner has made him an asshole.
1: Uh, that's very true.
0: I guess that's a bonus of cats. You can't train a cat to be an asshole. It either is or it isn't. No, not that one. I know what the schedule is.
1: Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I am. Apparently. Jerks. So, yes, yes, they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> was that the penguin what the, what the hell was that <laughs> nope nah, nah. yours is yeah yeah well it didn't i don't know it didn't explode on top of the tv so
0: <laughs> it's now four o'clock and time for the penguin on your tv to explode <laughs>
1: <laughs> how
0: do you know he's gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've got flower people stuck in my head now yeah. <laughs> no that was penguin-esque <laughs> snack yeah if we're gonna talk about pub stuff i may go grab some checks mix
1: (laughs) oh i do yes okay i know what i'm gonna go grab (laughs) but it's not myself (laughs) (laughs) i wish i could grab those